Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 East Village. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at c3ev.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 East Village. In authenticity that, you, that this world needs. And so let's give a huge C3 East Village welcome to Pastor Ryan as he comes and brings the message. Thank you, Pastor Stephen Flight. Come on, give it up for your pastors. Thank you. What incredible people they are. Becky, you can stick around if you want. Sure. You may be seated, church. Look, I've got a music stand here. Haven't seen one of these since university. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to come down here, if that's all right. See, in worship, I was had a message ready to bring, but really felt to change gears tonight. And, and you know, we've got to be ready in and out of season. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit likes to, um, you know, uh, not rattle us, but hijack us in some ways and, and, and change the direction in which we're going because, um, we, you know, we're called to live by the Spirit, right? The last thing the body of Christ needs is another intellectual message. You know, with the whole world's been flooded, podcast land, been flooded with brilliant teachers of the Word, brilliant preachers of the Word all over the world who are uploading incredible messages, killer messages, messages that are changing people's lives. All right? And if a person, and really we're all called to minister in, in whatever uh, sphere we've found ourselves in, right? We are not ministers of need, but we're actually called to be ministers of the spirit of faith. And faith is actually stepping out into the place of the unknown. I shared with the worship team the other day that um, one of the constant tensions we have to deal with being Christ followers is that, okay, we're called to be mindful, right? Which is all about the present. Mindfulness is all about the here and now. You fill your minds with, with um, thoughts from above, right? You empty your minds of anxiety, but you fill your minds with, you know, whatever is true, admirable, noteworthy, excellent, praiseworthy, and so on and so forth. Paul talks about that, right? Um, in Philippians 4, he basically says, you know, uh, flick anxiety because it's a substitute for prayer, right? But instead, focus your minds on these things from above. Mindfulness is about the present. But faith, which we're also called to, to live out, is about the future, right? Faith is all about the things that we can't see from another dimension. And we actually get the answers to our faith-filled prayers before the answer to our prayer manifests in the current dimension that we're living in. Now, here's the constant tension that we actually have to get comfortable with as believers, and that is this. If we're supposed to be mindful of God, which is about the present, and we're supposed to be living in faith, which is all about the future, then we have to get comfortable living in the now and the not yet all the time. And that tension never goes away until you're perfected in glory. We just get comfortable with that. Just close your eyes just for one second. I just want you to close your eyes. I just want you to draw from His anointing, His presence here. I'm praying that this Word touches your life here tonight. I'm marching off the pages of what would have already been a prepared message that I shared. Many churches back in Australia, but particularly this morning, twice at Calgary West. But tonight, something different for you. Something different for you. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would uh, penetrate the hearts and the souls of your people here tonight. I thank you that every time we come into your church, we come, we connect in community, we worship, we bring our tithes, we substantiate our love for you, but we don't leave empty-handed. There are deposits that we take away that set us up for the rest of our lives. 
And thank you that as we constantly return to that well, we find new revelation, we find healing. Thank you, God. Just stay there with me. What's this gentleman's name in the red T-shirt? Just hold my hand for a second. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name? Rick. Just close your eyes for me, Rick. Just see God doing something magnificent in the next uh, six months. I'm not too sure what it is, but as soon as I just, I felt drawn to walk over to you. And it's not the red shirt. I can tell you that now. I'm not a prophet. (laughs) But I can just see that there's some really great surprises up ahead. And, um, you know, sometimes we wait longer than we want to for answers to prayer. Well, your time is now. And you're just you're to anticipate really good things. Because by the middle of this year, I can see you, the word of God on your lips, gratitude, thankfulness. But most importantly, the word that you're going to be using is wow. <laughs> wow. Wow is the word for you. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to, it's actually going to catch you by surprise. Even though you've gotten this word tonight, it'll catch you by surprise. But really your response will be wow. I just sense that uh, God loves your faithfulness. He loves your heart. You're a man of integrity. You do the right thing when no one's looking. Just look forward to all the great surprises that God has for you. And, you know, He's going to take care of the things that you don't even realize need taken care of. Thank you, God. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. You know, the Word without the Spirit is dead. And we can read the Word as much as we want but unless we're filled with the Spirit unless we're filled with the Spirit it's, it's, uh, it's never going to reach its full potential we'll get glimpses here and there but maybe not be transformed by it the scripture I want to read out of tonight here is in uh, Gospel of Matthew and it's right after the resurrection in chapter 28 it's the Great Commission starting at verse 16 And it says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him. When you see Jesus, you can't do, you can't help but worship Him. The devil wants to steal our song, wants to steal our worship, wants to steal our shout. When you see Jesus, the first response is to worship Him. You can't help it. It says here, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's the doctrine of baptisms, where we get baptized into the Father's love and the Father's house. And there's a whole teaching around that. And then there's the baptism of the Son, right? The baptism of the Son is our water baptism. When we get, hands up those of you who've been water baptized. Okay, tell you what's fantastic about being water baptized is that first of all, it's a great step of faith. Now, if you decide you want to get water baptized and you haven't, that's usually when all hell breaks loose because the devil knows something's about to go down. When you are fully submerged under the water, you are figuratively buried with Christ. You leave the sins of the old life in the tomb. And when you resurrect out of the water and you resurface, you are figuratively resurrected with Jesus. And you enter this grace by faith. That's the baptism of the Son. But Jesus is not just saying that. He's saying, go and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and wait for it of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now, I love this. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Surely I'm with you. Do you know, 
I don't know about you, but I got tons of friends that, uh, you know, when I think about them, all I think in my head is promises, promises, promises. Too little, too late. They're the kinds of friends that promise you that they're going to be at your 21st or your graduation or your 30th or monumental moments in your life and they never show. There's a whole lot of jaw flapping going on or as we call it down under, thieving oxygen. Broken promises. But we serve a Saviour who doesn't break His promises. His Word is unbreakable. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His words will never pass away. And He created the earth with the power of the spoken word. Fast forward over into Acts. This is what I love, and I'll read this in a second. Between the resurrection and the ascension that we read about in the book of Acts, the Bible says that there was a period of 40 days and 40 nights. And the number 40, biblical numerics, not numerology, biblical numerics, the number 40 means a suspended period of time of time, excuse me, a suspended period of time. Sometimes my brain works faster than my mouth. It's pinging all over the place. A suspended period of time. That's really where God pressed pause. Now I'm going to show you my age right now. Press pause on the CD player <laughs> or the VHS machine. Press pause in a moment. Thank you, Floody. Cheers. Excuse me. Alcoholic, Stephen. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Went in Rome. No, I'm just kidding. So, So God presses pause on this moment and the Bible says that He gave the disciples many convincing proofs that He was alive while He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and 40 nights. On one occasion, He gave them this command. Now listen to this. I'm going to read this. It says here in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, on one occasion while He was eating with them, He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days... You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by his own authority. But this is it. This is, in other words, stop worrying about the peripheral stuff that's not your responsibility. This is your responsibility. He says, but you will receive power. Everybody say power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Whoa. Do you know what I love about this verse? It reminds me of my life out of university and into ministry. I said the dumbest prayer when I was 16. I said, God, if you let me get into the jazz course at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music, which was the hardest music course in the world to get into, I'll serve you with my life. (laughs) Be very careful. Do not delay in fulfilling a vow when you make it to God, right? Well, I got in. There's about 100 guitarists that would always audition for the jazz course and they'd only take two. And I was one of the lucky suckers that got in. Now, I'm sure it had something to do with God going, ha ha, you know, you're you're mine now. But I want you to know this, that when I was studying under these killer elite musicians in Sydney, learning all of the epitome of Western harmony, jazz, improvisation, fusion, you name it, came out and I was a Christian and I believed God and I loved His Word and I loved the church and the principles of the Word of God and so on and so forth. But I didn't know what to do with that information until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know how to write songs that would change people's lives until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what to do on the guitar melodically that would actually rip a hole in the sky and bring heaven to earth and touch people's lives and raise the dead and see them physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally healed until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a little thing called closed-handed theology and open-handed theology. And never before in the history of the world have we seen so much division in what people believe concerning theology. Now, closed-handed theology is quite simply this. 
You take a Christian from the 6th century, someone from the Byzantine period, a, a praying nun, a, 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 someone who follows a monastic practice, some, a Christian from New Zealand, someone who's being persecuted underground in China, whatever. You bring them all together from different periods of times, different parts of the world, and you ask them about Christianity and they will all agree on this, that God is the Trinity and that the Father sent the Son to be born of a virgin, to live a sin, sinless, pure life, and He would die on a cross for the sins of the world and on the third day, rise again and whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead will be saved. Closed-handed theology. It's not open for discussion. That's the basics. That's the fundamentals. Open-handed theology is where it starts to get controversial. And these controversies, right, are all over the internet. Is tithing in the New Testament. Do you have to be a Christian to go to church? Issues around marriage and all this sort of stuff. And they're not arguments we, we go into because really at the end of the day, we're just splitting hairs. Really, we focus on the closed-handed theology. And when people come knocking on your door, I've had many people knock on my door and want to sell me something spiritually and religiously, and I just have to keep coming back to what I know. I'm held to the account of the level of revelation that God has given me, no more, no less. And really, there's a whole lot of arguments that we shouldn't be engaging. But I will say this. The day of Pentecost, when the power of God fell and the disciples were waiting in the upper room, the Bible says they were all in one place. One thing that we can never get away from, and I believe this is really the centerpiece, this is where it gets exciting, is this, is this was the birthing of the local church. And without it, we just are a charismatic club. But the power of God is our distinctive. The power of God, the working, the inner workings of the Holy Spirit, and more importantly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what actually causes us to live our life not in our own strength, but in His strength. So when Jesus says, and surely I'm with you now to the very end of the age, you know what He was saying? You're not meant to live this life in your own strength. You're meant to be filled with my Spirit. Filled with my Spirit. The other great number in the Bible that I absolutely love and adore is the number nine. Biblical numerics. The number nine, right, means finality and peace. Jesus was crucified at nine o'clock in the morning, gave up His Spirit at the ninth hour curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. No longer kings, priests and prophets could access the presence of God but now a royal priesthood, all of us it became an even playing field. We now all have the access into the presence of God. When he gave up his breath, where he gave up his spirit, we now have access to the spirit but the day of Pentecost hadn't come yet. The number nine is a very important number because the number nine right, has got to do with gestation. It takes nine months for a baby to reach full term. There are nine fruits of the Spirit and nine gifts of the Spirit. I wonder why Paul said the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, collective, but not plural. He didn't say fruits, he said fruit. And the reason he said fruit is because there's nine of them, but it all comes by one Spirit. By one Spirit. And then you read about what Paul talks about, where he starts to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. And he basically breaks it down. He talks about the Spirit of wisdom, knowledge, discernment, faith, healing, miracles. He talks about speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Do you know you can separate those nine gifts into three groups of three? You can separate into the revelation gifts, knowledge, wisdom, discernment. Then the power gifts, faith, healing, miracles. And then the utterance gifts or the speaking gifts, speaking in tongues, interpretation and prophecy. Very powerful when you actually really get down to it. Now, let me ask you a question. 
what do you think is the most important gift of the sea? Some say tongues is the least of the least of the gifts. The most important gift of the Spirit is the one you need right now. If you're going to go and pray for somebody in hospital who's dying of a disease or an illness, you don't need the gift of discernment. You need the Spirit of faith. If you're going for a job interview or somebody's trying to, you know, crash your world and become your friend, you actually need the gift of discernment and wisdom. Sometimes we, we are in a situation and we're relying on our own intellect, but really God's just saying, hey, just get filled with the Spirit. Let me tell you, speaking in tongues is what happened to the disciples in the upper room. Tongues of fire came to separate and rest on each of them. And they all began to speak in other tongues. Do you know, speaking in tongues is not the least of the gifts. It's actually the elevator and the platform that takes us into the other eight. And when we speak in tongues, we get filled with the Spirit. You do it long enough, you crash through spiritual veil after conscious veil after spiritual veil. And before you know it, wisdom starts to surface. The psychological landscape in your brain starts to change. You move into a zone of discernment. Suddenly you're no longer foggy. Suddenly you're no longer confused about your future. Suddenly you're no longer paranoid. Why? Because knowledge, a word of knowledge starts to come. Discernment starts to come. The spirit of faith begins to rise. You start to get healed. You start to get prophetic words over your life and over others. That's what happens when we get filled with the spirit. Can I just say, closed-handed theology is one thing. Open-handed theology is another but things don't get exciting for us until we get beyond this and we actually get filled with the Spirit. Now, I don't know if we are all filled with the Spirit tonight, and I'm not going to embarrass anyone, but I want all of us to stand up right now. And maybe, Finn, you could jump on the kid, roll that snare off. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at c3ev.ca. See you next week.